Hey, it's KJ with Living Christian, and welcome to the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time here, what we do on this podcast is read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus along the way. Each episode dives into Scripture and discusses it in a somewhat modern and relatable way. I'll also be answering some questions from my social media followers. They'll submit a question if you'd like me to answer it. Oh, and we'll drink coffee along the way as well. Although our main focus is reading the Bible and drinking some coffee, we will also occasionally be doing some interviews, some random other messages along the way, so be sure to check back often. If you feel the urge to support the podcast, you can do so right here on the podcast page. If this podcast helps you grow in your faith, maybe consider sending it to a friend or uh, maybe dropping a rating or review. It certainly helps us get the word out. And also make sure you check out livingchristian.org for Bible verse lists, Christian blog, an apparel store with a bunch of Christian t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. It's awesome. All at livingchristian.org. And if you're there, make sure you use the code podcast20. That's a special code for 20% off our entire store only for our podcast listeners. So podcast20. Use that when you're on livingchristian.org. Now let's get to the episode. All right, today we hit, we're hitting Proverbs 19, so if you have your Bibles ready, please read along. Uh, Proverbs is written by King Solomon, son of David, so that's the general consensus that he wrote most, if not all, of the Proverbs. This is what they call the one of the books of wisdom, right? So there's a lot of good stuff in here in Proverbs 19, a lot of good advice that he's giving us, uh, not just for the people that were at the time reading these scriptures, but now us. We can certainly relate to... A, ton that's in Proverbs 19 throughout Proverbs. So I love just to arbitrarily just pick one of the Proverbs and read it. Uh, it, uh, it brings me guidance as I think about the day. And even in this one, I have a lot of highlights. You can see how much I love Proverbs <clears throat> if you're watching this. Um, I've got a lot of highlights throughout. It's just so much packed into a short verse or a short chapter, uh, quite frankly. So let's dive into Proverbs 19, and uh, I'll take some questions afterwards quick sip of coffee. All right, Proverbs 19. Better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and a fool. It's interesting how he talks about poor and honest and dishonest and a fool, and he's relating the fool to the people who are not poor, which is interesting. Uh, Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. I find this to be true. I'm sorry, I'll I'll read more than I talk, I promise. But um, I find this to be a true... All the time in my life. There's sometimes I'm very enthusiastic about something, whatever it may be. Uh, and, and if I don't take time and learn about something, I just kind of dive into it initially. Um, it doesn't, I have no success. I end up having mistakes after mistakes and learning from those mistakes, which is great. Maybe I'm gaining knowledge throughout those mistakes. But do your research, do your homework before you dive into anything big in your life. All right. Uh, sorry about that. That was a quick pass there. So Proverbs 19 is what we're in. Verse 3. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. This is the second time in three verses that he mentions the word fool or foolishness. I think this is true for a lot of us. A lot of times we do have uh, mistakes in our lives. We, we, We have this free will that God's given us, which is a beautiful thing. But with that, we love to ruin our own lives with our foolishness, as Solomon says. <clears throat> and then what happens? We get angry with God. Like, somehow it's his fault. Uh, it's always a good verse to bring out when people say, hey, how can there be a loving God? How can there be a God when the world is on fire, when, when there's so much bad in the, in the world? This verse, Proverbs 19, 3. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry with the Lord. Our decisions in our life, our our, the way we live impacts others around us and impacts us 
And sometimes it's our own fault. It's not God's fault that bad things happen to us. A lot of times it's mistakes. It's a lot of times it's poor decisions that we make. It's not God's fault. God is there to give us strength. God is there to teach us. God is there to guide us. But when we stray from that, we got to take responsibility for our own actions. Verse uh, 4, wealth makes many friends, in quotes. Poverty drives them away. A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. Many seek favors from a ruler. Everyone is the friend of a person who gives gifts. The relatives of the poor despise them. How much more will their friends avoid them? Though the poor plead with them, their friends are gone. We, he has mentioned the poor many times in the first seven verses here. I think there are, there are subliminal times that God uses the writers of the Bible to make sure that our priorities are in order. You can't have two gods. You can't worship God and worship money at the same time. And when people fall on hard times, when poor people are out there, we need to help them and not despise them, right? Not befriend them, or defriend them, rather, but befriend them, help people out. And what he's saying is the least of us is the best of us at times, right? Matthew 22 is one of my favorite verses. Talking about the commandments, which is the most famous or the most important commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If we loved our neighbor more, we would help the poor as much as we can. Verse 8, to acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. A false witness will not go unpunished, and a liar will be destroyed. It is right for a fool to live in luxury or for a slave to rule over princes. It isn't right, I'm sorry. It isn't right uh, for a fool to live in luxury <clears throat> or for a slave to rule over princes. Sensible people control their temper. Temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Loving your neighbor, overlooking forgiveness, general theme of this. Verse 12, the king's anger is like a lion's roar, but his favor is like dew on the grass. He replenishes us every single day, doesn't he? A foolish child is a calamity to a father. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping. Fathers can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth, but only the Lord can give an understanding wife. I mean, that verse 14, as, a, as somebody who's been married for 21 years, fathers can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth. But only the Lord can give an understanding wife? I truly believe my marriage is a gift from God. And she understands me. And she corrects me. And she helps me be a better person every day. She certainly has compassion for my mistakes. And the fact that the Lord, it says right here in 1914, the Lord gives an understanding wife. Mm. 15. Lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. Okay, we're going into the lazy part, and he'll hit this a few times too, about not being lazy. Keep the commandments and keep your life. Despising them leads to death, spiritual death. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. There it is again of Solomon making sure that we're keeping the focus of helping the poor, of helping our fellow man. Loving our neighbors, right? There it is. I mean, it's like the fifth time he's mentioned that uh, in the short part of uh, 19. 
Verse 18, uh, discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. I'm stopping on this. I'm a father of two, and I'm going to have a sip of coffee because I'm going to dive into disciplining your children real quick. I think too often in today's society, we're not disciplining our children. We reward mediocrity. We reward bad behavior at times. We reward laziness, as he's talking about lazy people sleeping soundly and idleness keeps them hungry. Every kid gets a trophy, even if they win or don't. We talk through their issues, right? We talk through with our children as opposed to disciplining them. Yes, we need to figure out why they act the way they act. But we need to discipline our children so they understand right and wrong. They understand consequences. They understand that actions have consequences and results. And I like the second part of 18 here. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. If we raise soft children and we raise undisciplined children we will ruin their lives an undisciplined child is an unemployable adult let's be honest so if you want to ruin your children's life coddle them and don't discipline them but solomon tells us right there that we need to discipline our kids all right Uh, verse 19 hot-tempered people must pay the penalty if you rescue them at once you will have you, you will have to do it again. Verse 20, get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise for the rest of your life. I like that how he ties that back because if you go up to 18, it talks about disciplining your child so they don't, we don't ruin their lives. Now he's talking to us and looking right at us going, give, get all the advice and instruction you can so you'll be wise the rest of your life. So we need to gain instruction and part of gaining instruction and in, in learning advice is the discipline, is the negative, but it, he's tying it to both of us, our children and ourselves. Verse 21, you can make, this is one of the most famous verses in the Bible, verse 21, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. No matter what plans we have, God's will will always prevail. It's that old saying, you know, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. If your plans align with God's, right? If your plans align with God, they will succeed. If they're counteractive to what God's will is, make no mistake about it. His purpose will prevail. All right, verse 22. Loyalty makes a person attractive. It's better to be poor than dishonest. There it is again. He is really making sure that we're not focused on money on this uh, chapter. Verse 23. Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Here We're going to hit lazy people again. Verse 20, uh, 24. Lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it to their mouth. If you punish a mocker, the simple-minded will learn a lesson. If you correct the wise, they will be all the wiser. Correction, discipline, advice, instruction. Ongoing theme here of how we become wiser, how we have fulfilled lives, and how we fulfill the Lord's purpose. It's ongoing all the way through Proverbs 19. Verse 26, children who mistreat their father or chase away their mother are an embarrassment and a public disgrace. Going back to discipline your children and ruin their lives, making sure they're not hot-tempered, making sure they're disciplined, and make sure they're not lazy. If they mistreat your father and mother, honor thy father and mother, which is one of the Ten Commandments, they're an embarrassment and a public disgrace. So if you think that other people aren't paying attention to how your children are acting, You're sorely mistaken. We all see. We all see what's going on out there. 
we're not judging everybody's children, but we see what's going on in our society right now. I would say right now, and I'm going to sound like an old man right now, but our society, our culture has certainly, especially in the United States, we've lost our way. Wrong is right, right is, right is wrong, up is down, down is up. We're all backwards. And a lot of it comes from, frankly, people not understanding Proverbs 19. <laughs> we're not disciplining our children. We're raising up fools. We're raising up lazy people, lazy kids. Our children are mistreating our mistreating their parents. That's what's going on right there. Verse uh, twenty-seven. If you stop listening to instruction, my child, you will turn your back on knowledge. Keep learning. A corrupt witness makes a mockery of justice. The mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Punishment is made for mockers, and the backs of fools are made to be beaten. What do we learn here in Proverbs 19? It's a good one. I mean, there's so there's so much stuff that we need to learn from the Bible and from each other and from God. We can't be lazy. We've got to discipline and raise our kids correctly. We need to fear the Lord because His purpose will prevail, right? We got to keep learning. Keep trying to gain knowledge because we don't know everything. We may think we do. And our children certainly think they think they know everything. And that's the, a good uh, kind of ongoing theme of Proverbs 19 about the fact that you've got to help your children not be what he calls an embarrassment and a public disgrace. Circle of life. Our parents helped us. we got to help our kids. So it sounds harsh, but it's the truth. You coddle your kids. They're not going to learn how to do anything on their own. They're not going to learn the wisdom that they need to learn. They're going to rely too much on society, quite frankly. I think part of our societal issues that we have is that people are more, more part, especially the younger generation, are more part of the society than they are the family. We have a breakdown of the family unit. Highest divorce rate we've ever had. Highest single motherhood families we've ever had. We also have the craziest society I think we've ever had. People are falling away from this book, but they're falling away from discipline, from knowledge, from wisdom, and from relying on their family. And now they're relying on society to raise them, which is not the right thing to do, because that will raise fools, as Solomon loves to say. Amen to that? All right, Proverbs 19. Raise your, raise your kids in uh, Christ, that is for sure. And uh, all will work out, okay? All right, uh, Thanks for reading Proverbs 19 for me. Uh, with me, uh, go ahead and put your question down at the bottom if you haven't already. I'll take a few of those, and we'll get about it on Monday. I love the fact that it's cold and rainy here in Texas today. I, I, I've needed it for a while. It's been disgustingly hot. Uh, it was uh, 93 degrees yesterday on uh, the middle of October. It's brutal. doesn't feel like fall at all. And I, uh, I love the fall season. I love the holidays coming up and every, all those things. It's hard to kind of get in that mode when it's 94 degrees. It's brutal. So let's take a couple of questions. Uh, I'll answer a few, and then we'll pray, and we'll go about our week. Uh, let's see what we got here. All right. Oh, we got lots of so far. So keep putting your questions in. I'll uh, pick and choose the ones I can. Um, uh, okay, so does it really take discipline to overcome habitual sin if no one, if one really wants to overcome it? Uh, Tisha, I, I think discipline is part of it. Um, if, you, if you are habitually sinning, whatever that may be, Right, regardless if there's something that you just can't break out of, 
Uh, I think the only way you can get out of that is through Christ, right? God can give you the strength to break your habitual sin. That may come in many forms. Maybe it comes in the form of discipline. Maybe it comes in the form of encouragement and strength. Maybe it comes in the form of guidance. Maybe just God gives you another door that's open that you can take through it and you realize that, hey, I've been in this other door the entire time. So it doesn't necessarily take discipline. Uh, I'm talking about your sin, that God's correcting you. Now, if you're going back to the children, I think it's the same thing, right? I think we have to discipline our children. God does discipline us so we can learn lessons at times. Okay, It's an important part of our growth as humans and as, ch- as children of God. So I think that's part of it. I don't think it's all of it, but I think it's part of it. If that makes sense. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid to get discipline. Don't be afraid to give discipline because it will work itself out. All right. All right, let's see what else we got. <clears throat> all right, as a Christian, oh, we got this is going to be a hot one. All right, now, Natalia, maybe I shouldn't have read this, but I'm going to anyways. As a Christian, how do you feel? How do you deal with peers and family members who speak about gender pronouns and transgenders in positive light, though you know it is not of Christ? I think there's two thoughts that I have on this. I'm going to take a sip of coffee, and I'm, I'm picking and choosing my words carefully here. So if you have family members or loved ones, that are involved in this society and this changing culture that we're living in. It kind of goes back to what I was talking about when we were reading Proverbs. Either you put your focus on Christ and what the Bible says, or you're going to be pulled away into what our society and culture says. Period. All right? The, the closer you are to Christ, the more this culture will try to pull you in, but it will fail if you're rooted properly in Christ. Period. Okay? Now, if you're too susceptible to what's going on, you will get pulled into that. And I would say with that question, you got to love your friends and you got to love your family. Okay. You got to understand them. Got to be compassionate with them because they don't know. Quite frankly, they're lost. Right. Uh, my, my humble opinion is uh, our society is lost and your family members in this references, they're just lost a little bit. Doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean you don't you shouldn't love them. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't correct them, right? We just talked about that. You gotta love them. You gotta show them that there's a better way. I don't think I don't feel that you can get too entrenched in our culture nowadays with all the stuff going on, and, and be still be super close to your faith. I think it's you don't have to choose one or the other, but I think one pulls the other away. So when you're really close to Christ. You're living Christian, as I name my thing. You're going to kind of get more entrenched in that. And you're going to kind of keep this society stuff at a arm's length. That makes sense. But when you're all in with this culture, and you're all in this kind of culture wars and society, and all this progressive stuff that's going on in our culture right now, you're going to be keeping God at arm's length. So you got to make a decision. But as it turns to your question, uh, love your family uh, and help them know the truth. Help them know the truth, because there is only one truth, and that's Jesus Christ. All right, let's see uh, what else we got. We got a couple other questions, and we'll get out of here. Um, let's see what we got here. All right, uh, any words for newly adulting individuals? Interesting. Suddenly feeling fear and anxiety of having to jump into the scary world. Uh, I think it is a scary world that we're living in right now. I mean, I, I think, quite frankly... 
There's so much going on that's pulling us away from Christ. The devil is working really hard right now. And in many ways, he's winning across uh, different parts of our world. I think uh, if you look at the, the world today, we're on the brink of nuclear war, it feels like, with Russia and, and China and different places. Uh, I feel our culture, as we talked about, are pulling us away from Christ as, as hard as it can. Uh, I think we've got um, division inside of our uh, society. I think we've got division inside of our families. Uh, there's a lot going on right now that is, um, it, 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 there's not a lot of hope out there. Now, I will say this. Regardless of how um, fallen away our society and our world is or feels right now, it's not new. It's not new. I'm old enough to remember other wars. I'm old enough to remember uh, other tragedies. Uh, I'm old enough to remember lots of stuff. I, I remember the moment where I was on 9-11. I remember the moment I was when I watched the Challenger explode in the sky when I was a kid. I remember these horrible things. I remember the Cold War. I remember the Iraq War. I remember these things. It's not the first. It's not like the, the history of the world's been great, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, gone downhill. Uh, we've, we've always had some issues, right? Since the fall of man, we've had issues. The devil's been working hard for thousands of years. So let's keep some perspective, okay? So how do you counteract fear? How do you counteract the anxiety and fear that you're feeling right now? Because when you look outside, it doesn't seem great. With this, and with your life, your prayer life, your faith life, your relationship with Jesus, I would say you need to turn away from all those things and run as fast as possible to the arms of Jesus. He will comfort you so you can focus on him and your future, and your eternal future, Right? As opposed to being distracted by this messed up world that we live in right now. It'll get better. And it'll get worse. <laughs> it's the way it works. Kind of live in a circle and a circle and a circle. A wheel and a wheel and a wheel, so to speak. The four seasons. Our lives generationally rotate all the time. So it'll get better. Then it'll get worse. And it'll get better. It's the way it works. But I'll say what you need to do is focus on your relationship with Christ. Because that's the important thing. The rest of it kind of gives you that perspective, right? The fact that I can, you know, read the Bible every morning, be with you guys every day, uh, go to church, be around faithful people, be around my friends and my family. That's what's really important. That's the stuff I focus on. So when I watch the news, is it disheartening? Of course it is. But the reality is my real world is right here, right? My real world is my family, my friends, my relationship with God. And that's the real stuff. The rest of it, it's terrible. Can't control it. But God can. So put your faith in him. He knows what he's doing. He knows how this ends up. He knows how this plays out. We don't. He does. There's no reason to stress out about it. There's no reason to have your fear and anxiety that you're saying you're having by things you can't control. God can control these things. You can't. I can't. Focus on eternity and not this moment in time. Make sense? Hopefully that helped a little bit. All right, last question, then we're going to pray, okay? Let's see what we got. Uh, did you know the Sabbath is not Sunday? I just recently learned this. Yeah, technically it's Sabbath. It's probably from a calendar standpoint is on Saturday, at least towards our, um, our, uh, our common calendar that we use now. Because Sunday is the 
first day of the week. So technically, that would be the truth. Now, my Sabbath, my rest is in Jesus Christ, period. So uh, I, I care more about uh, who I put my rest in and who provides the rest that I need as opposed to what day of the week it is, to be honest with you. I'm not uh, a, a Jewish person from 3,000 years ago. Uh, I am uh, a Christian living in the year 2022, and my Sabbath that I observe where I rest is with Jesus Christ, if that makes sense. He is has replaced. He is the new covenant. So focus on him, give him your life, and he'll give you rest. That's how you need to pay attention to the Sabbath, okay? All right. Let's say a quick prayer, and we'll go about our Monday. Hope you guys uh, got a lot out of this today. If not, I don't know what to tell you, but we'll be back on Friday for another uh, chapter of the Bible. Uh, let's uh, bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. We need you, Lord. We talked a lot today about your will prevailing, discipline, correction, guidance, wisdom, knowledge. It all comes from you, Lord. We're struggling when we try to do things on ourselves, on our own. We look around this world today and we have fear and we have anxiety, but we know this stuff is our own doing. We've created this mess of a world, Lord, and we need your help to get out of it. I would ask that you be with everybody watching this or listening to this right now. Be with them and give them peace in their heart. Give them the peace that they need to understand that you've got it all worked out. You know how this ends. You've seen the entire story. We're just stuck in the third act, not knowing how it's going to end. But you know how it's going to end. You know what's next. We're comforted with that. But sometimes we get distracted, Lord. Help us stay focused on you. Help us stay focused on our faith and our relationship with you. We love you so much and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Hope you guys are having a great week. Got a lot of stuff planned. Uh, we'll knock out another chapter of the Bible on Friday. As I mentioned, if you miss any part of this, take a listen to the podcast over on livingchristian.org, or you can check it out right here on my Instagram. So talk to you guys later. Until uh, next time, keep Jesus in your heart forever in your mind. Mm -hmm.